Welcome to the Legacy of Light podcast, where we channel messages from the higher realms, taking you on adventures into the higher realm history of this planet, to golden ages, advanced civilizations, and sharing messages and news to support you on your ascension path. I'm Gabriela Kowalski, and I'm Polina Oversolite. We are so delighted to be taking you on a journey of embodying your own divinity, exploring your beautiful, magnificent, infinite heart, and connecting deeper to your own beautiful, eternal nature. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcoming you back to Legacy of Light, beautiful podcast with... Polina Oversolite. And me, Gabby Kowalski from Oneness. Today we're taking you on a beautiful journey and this journey is into the many unique pathways of ascension. There are so many different pathways of ascension, so many different journeys that we go on that as a network come into a unified form and have us anchor and stabilize our delicious, beautiful soul consciousness into this body and have us anchor a higher consciousness to remember we're creators of reality, to remember who we truly are, so we can enjoy this planet fully. And so we felt to share today with you our stories, um, our stories and certain aspects of our stories of ascension for many purposes. One, so you can experience diversity and pick up pieces that can support integration for yourself. And also we wish to go deeper into that there truly are so many pathways of ascension that when we land in our own and honor the fact that we are walking our own path and we stop looking at others and how their paths look, we, we truly do travel upon the most delicious pathways, meaning that we each have our own. Every one of us has our very own unique sovereign ascension that we chose for this lifetime for this incarnation and yes of course there are times where we join hands with others and walk sections of the paths with others sometimes bigger groups sometimes smaller groups yet the truth is there are also times in our ascension where we walk seemingly alone and it's not that we're alone because we're never alone we are always with our divine families yet there are pathways and codexes for us to explore that are just for us, you know, and we chose to explore them in one frequency, in one soul frequency, which is our own. And so this is also sharing with you some of those pieces, you know, to accept that some of the pathways are designed to be walked, you know, and explored by our own unique presence and consciousness and some of our partner pathways we walk and explore and create with others. And so, beautiful ones. So, Mark Diana had they also There are many different versions of us on the planet. Some of us come and we're coded with codes of remembrance that activate quite early in our life. And then there's others where we chose to remember more later on in life. And so, as you're listening, please know that if you are just like if if you are one of those people that for the last two years you've just gone through a huge remembering, you know that's exactly what you chose in this lifetime. And if you're listening and you're one of these people that was born with a lot of remembering, then that is exactly what you chose. For me, I'm kind of in between. So as a child, I was always present to the knowing inside of my field that there was so much more than the physical plane of existence. As a child, I would look out of my window at the stars and I'd wonder who's there. And I would just dream about all the different beings that must exist out there in the stars. It just felt really normal and very practical for me that there would be so many out there because, well, we're here and we're this one planet oh my gosh, look at all those stars. And then when I learned that there was so much more out there that my eyes could see in the skies, oh, I just, I would dream and I would wonder and I would create all sorts of different wonderful, you know, representations of this. I now realize some of this was remembering, you know, that as I would envision different beings on different planets and how things were, I was actually remembering certain places as a child. 
then for myself, I found myself as a kid and as a teenager always being kind of wiser. You know, I'd hung out with older people who liked to hang out with me because I would always be able to create and maintain a stimulating conversation with them. I remember meeting this guy when I was, I think, like 16 who was in uni studying philosophy and we'd, you know, sit at a park and smoke a joint and get high and, you know, and philosophize. And he used to just be like, whoa, you know, what you just naturally say is more than I've just learned in the last two years at uni. And at first, like, these things didn't really click in. Like, I didn't really acknowledge the fact that just things seem, I just had this, like, things just seemed logical and practical to me that weren't as logical and practical for others. And to be honest, it wasn't really until uh, a moment in my life that everything opened up more. In my early 20s, I gotten, I just gotten my car license and I'd just gotten my car and I was driving along in the mountains, you know, to work. Back then I used to work at a little Italian restaurant as a, as the head cook of an Italian restaurant while I was at uni and, and uni means university. If that's not an abbreviation that's global, just letting you know, Australians say uni. Is that an abbreviation that's global? Okay, great. Maybe New Zealanders do too. And so there I is driving my car. Now, I don't know what this is called, but you know when they'll cut into a mountain um, to make a road? So it's like on one side you've got like the mountain wall and then on the and then you're driving along a road. And so there was this one section that used to be 90 kilometers an hour. I don't know what that is in miles, but it's fast. And since, by the way, since then they have reduced the speed there, but back then it was 90. There I is in my new car driving along and all of a sudden – my car just swerves out of control into the mountain and I'm rolling, spinning in the air five times, I counted, going round and round, thinking to myself, what did I do? <laughs> Trying to reflect back on what I possibly could have done driving that would have me, you know, flying this way. Then I landed on my wheels. The whole car was caved in except for the driver's side. And I couldn't even open the door because everything was crushed in. Luckily, a big man pulled up in a car and ripped my door open and carried me out. It was quite romantic, actually. The, um, <laughs> you make it sound so good, Gabby. Other people pulled over. I had so much, <laughs> I had so much adrenaline rushing through my little body. And honestly, there was not one scratch, not one scratch on me. The, <laughs> not even one. And the ambulance came. I called my mum. She came. Everything felt like a bit of a dream. And I was fine. Like I literally was fine. Like nothing had happened to me. And I told the ambulance that there was no need for me to come to the hospital because look, you know. Of course you say I am. Look, exactly. Not as, my hair was still, you know. <laughs> Anywho. So mum took me home. Um, I didn't go to work that night. And the and then I, you know, I went to sleep. The adrenaline left my field, you know, during my sleep. And when I woke up in the morning without that lovely adrenaline, I was in agony. Turned out the accident had twisted my spine so much that it was in the biggest S shape you could possibly imagine. One of like my whole body was de like like misconfigured. One of my bottom cheeks was, I don't know what that would be, like five centimeters lower than the other. And then opposingly, one of my boobs was also quite a few centimeters lower than the other. And when I got up, I couldn't move. I was in so much pain. My neck couldn't move. So mum took me to hospital <laughs> where they did x-rays and turned, you know, confirmed that my back was pretty messed up. And they, um, I saw a few experts and they told me that my condition of scoliosis was extremely advanced and there was nothing, nothing that could fix it. However, there were some good painkillers out there that would help me manage it. And so here I am like 20, you know, 21 or something, and being told that here's some painkillers and say goodbye to some of the big things you want to do in your life because you're going to be in pain forever. I'm the kind of person I've always been this way. I just believe in possibility. I've believed in possibility my whole entire existence. I just, I dream, I create. And so I couldn't believe that on this planet there was no solution for this. Like it just didn't, that just did not feel like truth for me. 
I believed that there was a solution. There had to be. And because of that beautiful belief and that embodiment, within two weeks of the accident, my brother's friend came over and he said, hey, I've just been to the top of the mountain where this witchy-woo man did this witchy-woo thing <laughs> um, to my shoulders and like, and he like put them in and now they're all back and, and God, like, just I think he can help you. And so I called the witchy-woo man. His name is Herman. And he, he has passed. He passed last year, actually, and I honour and send him so much love. This man had been um, healing people energetically um, and utilising many, many different modalities for a quarter of a century. He had merged modalities. He's, he had one wall filled with certificates of all these different courses he had done, and so he'd formed his own and created his own systems. And when I called him and explained what was happening he felt very confident that he could help. Mum drove me to the appointment. We actually lived in the mountains at the time. At the cl- closer to the bottom, he was more on top. And I kid you not, like, I could not move left or right. My neck was stiff. My mum used to have to help me bathe and dress, you know. And so when we got there, you know, mum helped me take my shoes off and my clothes off. I still had my bra and knickers off. Herman wasn't creepy. It was just... <laughs> that he was going to do lots of body work on me. And then for two hours, I lay there on a table as he worked with energy and pressing certain points. And what he was doing was he was programming my muscles to go back to their origin and working deeply with the energetics. As he was doing this work, he started talking to me about how our thoughts create things, how everything is made of energy. And we had this incredible two-hour conversation um, about the quantum And as he spoke, it was like a million singing angels in my ear. It felt like home. Everything he said felt just like, yes, yes, yes. You know, for the first time in my little existence on this planet, I'd found someone to talk to that wasn't blown away by what I had to say, but was actually sharing things that had me be like, whoa, this is really cool. And two hours later, as he had shared how he also does work in reprogramming the consciousness, fully, you know, removing software, uploading software, what we now call codes and templates. Back then we called them programs, you know, thought patterns and, and programs and limitations and whatnot. And so this was awesome. Two hours later, as he finished, my posture was better than before the accident. My butt cheeks were nice and perky and in alignment. My boobs were back to where they needed to be. And I was like, I had no pain. I could fully move. I had more flexibility and just this beautiful, like, freedom in my body, so much energy circulating through my body and uh, absolute excitement to find out more about this work. And so I studied with him for three years I did all of his courses. He would teach um, advanced educational kinesiology, which was a form of kinesiology, but it was a hybrid. Like everything he did was really hybrid, not within um, not within the system, so to speak, but he did his own versions. I learned how to recode the body and put the body back in place and many, many other things. NLP, but his version of NLP, um, touch for health, you know, a lot of quantum work. And reprogramming consciousness and it was incredible and for me personally it set me on a path where I learned how to recode myself how to you know through muscle testing and all these different systems I could tune into my field and see and, and assess and look for if I was in harmonic resonance for that that I wanted to create and I, and I promised myself that I would create, I would create a beautiful life for myself, a life of back then, because I was within the consciousness stream that I was, back then I wanted to create success, which meant I wanted to create what is perceived as success in the third density, which is status and money and all of those things. And so I went to business and I would tweak my consciousness and alter the way that I was wired in order to create results within business that weren't, that weren't, had not been there before, exceeding what industry standards had been in a few different industries. And for me personally, 
this pathway. Like I would have clients. I, I was as a hobby business. Like I sort of, you know, like would see clients every now and then, and I'd work in their field. But it was very hobby based because the income that I was making came from first a water filtration business, then from a finance business, and I did like I worked on people and helped them, you know, in the background. For me in 2012, my ascension path shifted and my soul tapped me on the shoulder and said, it's time. It's time for you to teach this to people. It's time for you to show others how to work with this and to be able to recode themselves and create realities that they wish to. And so in 2013, a new ascension path opened for me, which was to build a mission empire of light on this planet which was to serve, which was to co-create deeply with my soul, to come into a place where it's very different, you know. A soul mission empire is so different than a business because a soul mission empire is our mission activating and we co-create, we download, we receive, and we know that we're here to anchor and to change and transform things. It doesn't fit into, you know, standard models and so I then took a journey uh, in the last, you know, decade. The ascension journey and path I've been on has been one of a deep devotion to co-create with so much precision with my heart, with my soul, with my soul family. And every single year there's been a remembrance. Every year I remember more of who I am, you know, and uh, my access to work in the quantum is in you can't even recognize it compared to how it was 20 years ago, you know, when Herman was teaching me because my ascension path, there was so much excitement from the beginning about the quantum. I had so much excitement. They just, it was this like, oh, I just geeked out on it. You know, anything and everything that I could receive and learn was this huge initiation. And that has taken me to a place you know, where I'm fully co-creating in the space that the quantum and the physical reality are one. It's unified this for me. Yet at the same time, it truly has been a 20 plus year journey to come into a place where I don't, I don't perceive the difference between the non-physical and the physical, that they are one unified field for me. And I wish to share this a little bit because you know, ultimately, when we look at ascension journeys, there are many, many different pieces to them. Mine took me on, you know, my choice for this lifetime was to follow an excitement of what truly, like, rocked my socks and interested me, which was the quantum. This is my first little sharing. Tum to the tum. It's a beautiful story. It's very captivating and so many pieces um, that I all of us can relate to, absolutely. Um, my journey started, the first um, memory and the first intention for this life, the vision uh, that I have access to hasn't started in this physical body. I remember myself being a soul, feeling so excited to code this vessel to create an avatar to connect to all the beautiful souls that were there with me in the field the reason why my um my uh, my empire is called oversoul because initially the first um ident station of identity is not with the soul or myself as Polina, but as oversoul as the field of consciousness and field of creation. And I remember this first excitement and this tremendous uh, curiosity and joy to separate and to create myself as an individual soul, to bury myself, then to code this particular vessel with different programs, different templates, downloading different blueprints, but more than anything, there was the biggest piece of excitement is to connect and contact and create network of relation with all souls that were there present, including councils of light, including angels, including my beautiful son and all the friends and all beautiful beings that I am to meet along the way in this human form. So I remember this unbelievable 
tremendous excitement and curiosity to jump into physical expression. And I assume that this is the moment when my physicality was birthed. My parents conceived me. And uh, also remember uh, scattered memories of being connected and perceiving reality through the field of my mom and through the field of my father. And I remember the way of my delivery into this world, so basically remembrance of the birth. I remember the entire process that was stimulating the contractions of my mom from her perspective and from my own angel singing encouragement so much joy so much love it's very hard to put it in words it's uh, not possible because words cannot truly um, facilitate the experience or replicate the experience that was felt initially and the moment as uh, I was born into the physicality I felt how cold it was it was so freezing cold. very cold very cold <laughs> I'm still very cold all the time <laughs> <laughs> it felt so cold and the brightness of the light I was born in hospital and the brightness of this uh, artificial light was blinding me and I remember the first moment that my I, I, I created creative I inhaled and my lungs expanded it felt like life fully entered me it was no longer the physical plane of existence was no longer somewhere there it was right within me it has entered me and the first telepathic connection that I uh, registered within my mind within my, my inner system is me connecting to a different being and saying I am in this is the exact words. I'm in this field. Where are you? Are you coming? And that being said, I'm not coming. Oh. This life journey, you're going to be, you have to experience singular. Yeah. It's a singular body. It's a singular body occupancy. Mm. It's just you, but I'm there with you. I'm your family. I'm your extension and I'll be connecting with you all the time. And I felt like, oh. I felt that, oh my gosh, this is deceiving. This is very deceiving. I am in a single body. I'm no longer a part. Well, of course, I'm a part of unity, clearly. But this body is single, singular, single. I'm not this part is, of a collective consciousness exactly. I have seen. I am a separate figure, literally. And I felt hurt mm. i did not like that i felt like, oh this is new this is a new experience so the reason why i'm sharing this is to say that we don't always get reset our memories are not being uh, wiped out completely and every experience that we have along the joy is is in station of activation of certain aspects of certain memories uh aspects of consciousness and different parts of our eternal self and sometimes we perceive ourselves as not awake, not aware, and so on. That the truth is, we are eternal beings, and we receive our activations when the time is right. And uh, there is always a bigger plan and a bigger vision for all of us as individuals, as collective. We are following what our higher self is leading and guiding us to. And also, of course, we have free will on so many different levels. Yet there is a higher intention so there is never too late or too early there is a certain pace and the pace also gets adjusted please remember that we are interconnected with so many beings across universes and also in this physical plane of existence especially those who are in our immediate field and sometimes activation that is uh, we may call we want to uh, enhance the pace of activations we want to call it in sooner sometimes it's not in the highest purpose not just for us but also for collective field and for those who are in our field because we are exchanging programs we are exchanging love we are exchanging we cannot extract ourselves from the net network of creation not possible and it's not a good idea so don't try <laughs> don't try to do that so anyway uh, I was born into this physicality with awareness that I'm eternal, that this is an experience. And of course, as uh, 
as a child and growing through different experiences, being surrounded in, by different energies, different dynamics, mostly that uh, my family was exposing me to. Most of the time, not most of the time, very often I was questioning the sanity of this world. For me, as a old, wise, eternal soul, it was quite hard uh, once again to learn the way of humans to learn the human behavior and why some dynamics are playing out when clearly they're not the most beautiful thing you can play out, yes. right? Uh, and that didn't make me feel safe. Not that I was uh, exposed to something shocking, let's just put it this way. But of course, there was some level of um, situations where I felt that, mm, that this is not really great. No, nothing about it is great <laughs> as a child and in those moments I didn't feel safe I did not feel that I actually want to experience this but the sense of identity wasn't as developed as it is um, developed for adults as, a as children we are within the field of our parents so I did not feel that this experience was great for them either there was no me I did not want to extract myself from that. I wanted the entire field to be harmonized for all of us. So none of us is experiencing that. And those who had more control of their consciousness and body, adults, that they would know better. Because I could see, but because of my physical body being so young and being me being a child, I could not communicate, I could not suggest anything. And no one would listen to me anyway because I was a three-year-old baby. And in those moments, I felt, I felt that I remember the different way. There, is, there are different realities. There are different timelines. There are different slices of consciousness. And there are different frequencies that we can co-create. They are everywhere. Why picking that? Why picking particularly that? If it's not uh, creating beauty. For me as a child, it was difficult. Mm -hmm. And in those moments there was a presence of bright light mm -hmm. and uh, it wasn't external it was within me but i could always see uh, fractals holograms geometries sounds as codes as colors and i could see consciousness rather than just the substance but with precise coding of it, every single fractal and fiber that makes consciousness, including the electricity, different auric fields, we won't go into that too much. This is not the time for, this is the, uh, this is the episode for a different story. However, I remember voices in my system saying, what you are seeing is an illusion. You are not being affected by this in any way. Yes, you are receiving some programming. Yes, you are receiving some templates being activated. Yes, some parts of you that are deeply interwoven into physical matrix and specifically matrix of this density, they are being impacted. Yet you are not of this place. You do not exist within... Hmm? As in you don't exist only in this... Yeah. Yes, you are not here. Only a fractal of your consciousness is here that is identified with Paulina, with this vessel. But you are eternal. So please do not create too much room for confusion. Mm -hmm. Don't take on too much. Take on only what is necessary for your journey to take further and unfold as a rose. Mm -hmm. The most beautiful way. But don't allow... Um, kind of create uh, a certain extent. Control the extent of you being plugged into a certain dynamic. And those voices, they were coming from within. And of course, later on, I learned my way around recognition of who I'm co-creating with. They were angels, particularly Archangel Michael, uh, Archangels, uh, Councils of Light, and different beings that are not of this galaxy. They do not resonate with words and sound yet it's a deep knowing and also families of light and different versions of me and all of that is controlled by the master self which is my oversoul so identifying myself as a certain being as Paulina was always quite um, confusing I remember looking at myself in the mirror and thinking wow this is how you look now 
But I remember myself being a whole different being, different ethnicity, mm-hmm. completely different. This is just so temporary. Wow, how fascinating that right now I look like that. This is very interesting. So I could never identify myself with the particular experience that I was having because it was an experience. I wasn't the experience. Uh, many, many, many years after when I turned seven, I received my first initiation into Reiki, which is an energetic practice and is directly connected to um, Arcturian Council of Light and so on. So it's a very specific lineage that comes from beautiful uh, star races. All entire journey, my way was accepting physical reality, not accepting myself. But more I was identified with physical reality, I had to learn how to accept myself and the uniqueness because I could see things that others could not see. And for me, it was quite difficult to be able to communicate with people, with my friends and family, the way they communicate with each other because I could not relate to what they were sharing and they were not relating to what I was sharing. And in fact, it was um, fr- um, frightening them so I was shutting myself down yeah. and I was calling in different um, memories just to make myself like others so I can fit in so I can be accepted by others so my journey was all about learning how to accept myself and accepting the uniqueness of all there were so many different experiences yet my activations were happening daily and then there was a time when i decided and i felt a strong impulse from within that it's time to learn human behavior and this is how i was introduced into the realm of clinical psychology (laughs) that definitely assisted my awareness and my understanding of human behavior and different patterns but access to the quantum field was giving me uh, a larger, bigger perspective, seeing how everything is coded, everything is an intention, intention of different beings, intentions of uh, different aspects of us, intentions of source, and so on. And uh, one of the biggest um, uh, aspects of this human life that gives me joy is to be able to assist others in uh, supporting them during their journeys of awakening, ascension, and so on when it comes to acceptance and activating their unique sovereign gifts because sovereignty and uniqueness is to be accepted. We don't have to claim it. We are to accept it. It is always there within us. And uh, we have to understand that each journey is unique and there is never room for comparison because comparison directly plugs us into, into the system and into the field that we are breaking free from that we are judging. So releasing codes of judgment is very, very important and accepting that we all are unique. And absolutely every single color within the rainbow is simply is. It is contributing its uniqueness, its authenticity to the field of creation. Colors do not compare themselves, only humans do. Isn't that? Yes. You're very green today. (laughs) Way too green for my liking. (laughs) If you were orange like me, the world would be a much better place. You're making me less orange than I want to be perceived by others. Okay, please change. You're way too bright and way too green. Oh, goodness gracious. Absolutely. So, um, pieces that I am coding into the story for you to receive um, is to trust what comes from within. Trust your experience. Accept yourself through and through. Accept your experiences and allow truly with an open heart for others to have their experiences the way they are. Because their soul that is equally divine, precious as yours has a different vision for their journey. And it is sacred and God intended it to be. So let's not compete with God. That is uh, not the great dynamic. And uh, once we accept all of aspects of ourselves, our journeys, what we perceive as our mistakes, what we perceive as uh, experiences that were not so great and traumatic, allow all to be 
release judgment, release uh, hatred towards duality, because all gets to exist the same way as we get to exist, explore, evolve, learn, experiment, and anchor our inner core, strengthen our inner core, solidify our inner core, inner core. And that is the foundation for us being sovereign, for us being embodied, which is the fundamental blocks for service. This is when we get to serve and support others and assist and contribute because what we are contributing to the field of creation is embodied, is an inner alchemy of our inner light and darkness, our yin and yang, our confusion and our awareness duality transcended and merged into one unified light of source creator that we get to share in our unique ways it's beautiful i love this <laughs> thank you when i reflect upon my own journey there's been one one, one aspect that's always been present. And for you, I know that the theme was acceptance. It was acceptance of being physical, you know, yes. and, um, and allowing yourself to receive all of that because, whew, you know, being physical is truly delicious. It can be so delicious, you know, when we receive it fully into our heart. For me personally, the theme that I chose to co-create with was devotion that I just, there was this beautiful thread, so many threads of devotion within my field. And, you know, earlier on inside of my journey when I was still co-creating very deeply within third-dimensional architecture, I was devoted to be number one, devoted to be the best, devoted to build and create and achieve my dreams and the... And that beautiful co-creation had me have a wonderful exploration within the third dimensional grids of consciousness. And that devotion carried over for me that the thread of devotion within the next, within the next realms, there was this devotion, devotion to unify with my soul, devotion to, for, you know, there was a time where I knew I knew that I was here for something, but I couldn't remember what it was exactly. It was like an, uh, a mission amnesia, I guess you could say. There was just this inner knowing. And I know since speaking to so many people um, over the many, many years, many souls have this inner knowing that I'm here for something more than this. I'm here for something more than this. And that is the first calling. You know, it's the first call onto new pathways of ascension. And so for me, this inner knowing, you know, birthed and expanded and it really did start to happen when I met Herman because, oh, just looking at the difference he could make to the world lit my heart on, on you know, beautiful fire. And then for me personally, and I really want to anchor this too because my journey has been a co-creation with so many other mission souls on the planet who were there as guides, as mentors, that my path up the Ascension Mountain, so to speak, was not a, not a lonely one. It had so many. Like there is an infinite amount of souls that are mission to hold codes and keys to libraries for us and as we walk upon the path within and in the physical plane, everything's provided, everything, everything. And so one of the people in my very early days that served me was Tony Robbins. I, you know, we spoke about this the other day. Um, in, you know, 20-odd years ago, I would listen to his programs and read his books and that version of me that was wanting to be the best and number one, oh my gosh, the codes and the techniques that he offered were profound to stay within a higher state of consciousness to co-create in those realms. And I want to, you know, also 
With this, I really do want to send so much love to every single person, every single soul on the physical plane that activated their own mission and stood there in it, remembered why they came here and followed the path because it takes something to follow the path of our calling. You know, for many of us, it can take us into building our own mission empires of light. And that is a huge journey to take. It's a, it's a journey of ascension that has people embody their soul worth, their self-worth. In the earlier stages, often many mission souls will have dialogues in their inner consciousness of who am I to do this, you know. They remember that they're here to co-create a new world and some of their gifts come online, but then they'll compare themselves to others who could be much further along in their journey and have these dialogues, who am I, who am I to do this? And that can find them not taking steps forward joyfully, gracefully. For me, I remember 20 years ago driving along and listening to a Tony Robbins pro, um, a CD. And that's right, this was back in the age of CDs. <laughs> and Tony was sharing like a story about some of the tours that he did in his early days and how, you know, he was at a shopping center doing a book tour and not many people showed up. And yet one woman, one woman came to him in tears within her eyes saying, thank you, this book changed my life, explaining that before she read this book, she was literally in the worst situation possible and, you know, everything wasn't working. Um, she was on welfare and she was unwell and she didn't have, like, love and family in her life. She was at rock bottom and the book transformed her fully. Now she has her children in her life and she's doing what she loves. And, and I just remember I was driving along and tears were streaming down my eyes. And I said to myself, I want to do that. I want to be able to see other people glow. I want to see, I want to be part of experiencing humanity thrive, to live their dreams. I want to make a difference. And at the same time, as I said this to myself, you know, another voice said, well, who are you to do that? You're not Tony Robbins. You're not, you know, this guy that's done all this stuff and the... You're not a guy. Well, I'm definitely not a guy. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, that wasn't the comparison, but it was like, you're not this, you know, you're not this person. And then I also remembered at that same time a story where Tony had shared that there was a time where he was living in a shoebox apartment, he was overweight and miserable, and he decided he made a choice to change everything. And so once again in that moment, like devotion came in and I made a choice and I said to myself in that car ride, I am going to apply all the things I've learned and keep learning, keep ascending, keep evolving. And once I have created something in my life, really made dreams come true, I'm going to show other people how to do it. And this is literally what happened in 2012. My soul said, hey, you've done this You've created these things. You've created things that others have not. It's time for you to show other people how to make their dreams come true. And I share this because, you know, oh, so many souls have stood there in different pathways, you know, different points, and and that not just in the physical, also in the non-physical. My soul family has been with me the whole time. As every time I've ascended, and had even greater access to remembrance, more and more light teams have come on. In oneness, in my co-creation now, gosh, the teams of light I get to co-create with are profound. The angelic realm, the god and goddess realm, councils of light from our galaxy and beyond, dragons and Gaia and the inner earth realm and beings of pure light, pure color. Like I've got, you know, like my gosh, the family of light that is here. Co-creating ascension and mission is just infinitely abundant. And at the same time, along my journey, my personal experience, you know, I, I've invested over $2 million in working with incredible souls around the world. And I love that they had followed their calling and shared their offerings. And this is also why I do what I do, why I create beautiful offerings, because other people's offerings made a huge difference to me in different configurations of my ascension. They were beautiful doorways into new universes. 
And to this day, you know, I humbly sit within my ascension knowing that there is no end, that there is more windows, more doors, more pathways. It is an infinite, joyful, delicious, abundant playground. And one of the pieces, you know, is this like inner devotion to stay on the path. And I say this because, no, the path has not always been rainbows and butterflies. You know, yes, there's been heaps of moments where, forth, it's just unlocking new, incredible ways to perceive reality, new ways to build and create worlds. Yet the truth is our ascension in this lifetime is inviting us to shift consciousness at such a in such an expanded way that we're not just you know, like to, to go from third dimensional consciousness to even fifth dimensional consciousness is like a tree turning into a dog, you know. It is so different, an operation system. It's a completely different system. And the journey of it does have us need to have the courage and devotion to let aspects complete, to be okay to have, you know, templates and codes and, you know, aspects of potentially identity and to to create a completion ceremony with them and to be willing to let them go and to be willing to receive new. And new can feel scary at times. Parts of this can also have us, you know, like clearing a lot of physical, mental, emotional um, density. And what I mean by that is codes and imprints that, hold a lower frequency to where we are ascending into. And if you're listening to this, I'm sure you've also cleared emotions and had to feel them and, you know, gone through many pieces. There are many people on the planet right now who have experienced long periods of time of having so many emotions come and so much come through. And I felt to also share a piece around this with you because for me, you know, there's two big two big pieces that I received that have been, oh, just like, you know, aside from devotion, which is of course there, I am devoted. No matter what comes in front of me, even if it's uncomfortable, I will always choose more love. It's if I see any part of myself that's not co-creating with either love or abundance, even if I like the software, I will still let the old software go and choose to go into the new. And before I get to these two things, just a sidebar, one of the processes I went through was letting go of business. I'd been in business grids for such a long time and I'd achieved amazing things in them, including freedom, you know, financial and time freedom. And then my mission asked me to stop co-creating inside the business grid, to build my own grid, take amazing gifts from the business grid and place it into my own sovereign grid and then teach others how to do this. And I remember there was a time where I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I have a very, you know, affluent, beautiful business coaching business. And, you know, I'm being invited to let that go and pioneer something completely new in the world. You know, it takes courage to do these things at times. And we do need to allow ourselves to alchemize alchemize aspects. I remember alchemizing aspects of fear. You know, well, what if I do this? And, you know, I'm the crazy person that no one wants to work with. And, you know, and I lose everything I've built. The And choosing to alchemize. One of the pieces for me has always been, oh, what frequency am I co-creating with? And to be willing to do the work, you know, as soon as I can, if I can identify that there is fear or any form of scarcity within my field, I stop and I will harmonize that. And I'm so open to receiving that, that I'm unconsciously, consciously, subconsciously, very like all parts of me are asking, you know, every inner and outer aspect of myself, all of me, the question, and I'm so open, you know, show me any, show me, show me into the depths of my subconscious so I may know what I'm co-creating with. So I've got the choice to ascend different templates and codes that have any measure of scarcity or fear inside of them because I choose to co-create with love and I choose to co-create with abundance. 
This has been a big piece for me, that there is always this like choice, choice to co-create with love and abundance. I share this because this is true ascension in my consciousness. Evolution has us access more of our channeling abilities, more quantum, more gifts, has us be able to do more cool things. Ascension has us do those cool things in the highest frequency planes of existence. And I feel like, you know, as much as evolution is awesome because, yeah, you've got quantum access and you've got, you know, you can channel and receive all this data and, you know, I love all of this. I've been playing with all of that my whole entire, as as soon as I could, and I will always continue playing with this. And I love remembering more of my gifts from all versions of self. Yet my truest heart sits in ascension, which is choosing to embody more love, embody more abundance, embody more love, embody more abundance, and be a vessel of true light on this planet, creating webs and weaving beautiful realities. This is one piece that has been a governing light inside of my ascension. And to me, the moment I devoted to that, everything changed and my ascension journey got more and more delicious than I could possibly ever imagine. The other piece was when we co-create with love and abundance, when we truly say, okay, these are my two, you know, guides. These are my two best friends. These are the frequencies. These are the codexes. Then what happens is when we're clearing emotions, the it's always a, how can I do this more lovingly and more abundantly? You know, and then we can actually hold even the harshest emotions of fear and sadness and grief and despair that we could be shifting through our fields with more love. You know, we have, uh, like I've found that we have a much more graceful journey because we just get to be loving to those aspects of ourselves. There's no more rejection. I want this to be over. This sucks, you know. Ascension sucks and we're not out there making memes of I thought Ascension would look like this, me sitting on a mountain with sun beaming on a lotus throne. But Ascension really is me with my hair messy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) crying and, you know, freaking out because I'm, you know, experiencing the darkness of my soul. And so to me this, you know, this like choosing to co-create with love and abundance guided by them what would love do what would abundance do right now how would love co-create with this how would abundance co-create with this has always shifted me to the next place and the final piece that I wanted to share from my own journey is there was a time you know like I there was a time I think it was 2020 or 2021 so it was only a few years ago the where I was receiving lots of upgrades and upgrades for me would be like these big energetic, like, you know, lots of energy running and to the point where often, you know, like there's not much I could do, but lie down and receive that my whole body's tingling. It's like light pumping into my cells and energy is like, and you know, if I had plans that day to do something the you know I was unable to show up show up for that (laughs) and so the I remember this piece where (laughs) I was like I I literally said to my soul family I'm like foof can you please pause this right now and finish this later you know because I really want to get this stuff done and it's very important more important than essential that's right I want to build this thing on my website, you know, whatever it might be, a physical, you know, thing. And um, and to be honest, prior to this, there'd be times where I would be able to just be like, okay, stopping this up, up uh, upgrade so I can do this and then, okay, upgrade continue. So it's not like I hadn't already co-created with being able to do that with upgrades for myself. But this particular day, my soul family said, <clears throat> and this is, and I laugh, they said, it's now time for you to open up your capacity to truly receive the gift of your upgrades. Every upgrade is a divine gift for you to open up more and more love, more and more abundance. It is offering you the greatest gifts that are possibly available in your life. There is nothing more precious than you embodying more of your soul. This is the greatest calling of your heart. This is every Every aspect of you is asking for this and it's here and you're pushing it away. And I was like, whoa, 
you know, because upgrades had become inconvenient. And if you're listening to this and some of your upgrades have been inconvenient, potentially you can relate. But I had other plans this week. (laughs) And so then they said to me, my beautiful family, they said, lie down on your bed. And I did. And they said, now relax your body. Relax every arm. Like relax every arm. Relax both your arms. (laughs) Infinite arms. Every single (laughs) limb of yours. (laughs) (laughs) They said, relax your arms, your legs, your torso, you know, like a beautiful meditation of relaxing. And I relaxed. And, you know, this was after the invitation to truly receive this, receive this with a full heart of appreciation. Because when we receive, you know, abundantly, oh, my goodness, you know, it's like receive this gift instead of pushing it away. And then they said, now open your atoms. And I literally started to connect to my atoms and see my atoms open like flowers in spring. And they showed me how to receive the upgrade into my field fully and just to be there for this moment and receive, receive, open your heart fully, receive this, let every part of you receive this abundantly, fully. And this changed everything for me because, one, my upgrades became more graceful, more loving. Of course, the appreciation frequency the receiving frequency was a very different frequency to co-create with than the, this is inconvenient, <laughs> and when will this end, you know? And two, it also had I, like, I had me open up to a capacity to receive higher upgrades, more upgrades, even more advanced libraries. It, um, it oh, quantum shifted my ascension profoundly that, When I reflect back on the version of me on that bed a few years ago to the version I am now, it is, it's, it's lifetimes unrecognizable. And so I wanted to share this because they're just some of the pieces from my ascension journey that have served in such a beautiful way, you know, to support it to be even more graceful because I really do believe that our ascension is not a task or a project. It's not this horrible thing that we have to do. It's not we're broken and we need to heal. Our ascension is an adventure. It's an exploration. It's it's something that we truly, truly desire. It's a fourth, you know, it's playing with more things. It's it's delicious. And these are some of the pieces that made it more delicious for me. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, I also want to add that... Once again, going back to the story that I already shared of me being a child and uh, a child that was three, four, five, and so on. Always a child, right? I'm still a child. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And we will always be children of source, (laughs) right? So it's it's kind of just takes off this element of seriousness away (laughs) because why? Why play with that? Um, during those times when I was receiving messages and voices from within, I was per- my perception at that time was recognizing a certain spheres of light mm-hmm. as angels, as archangels, as wonderful beings, uh, ascended masters, and so on. And yet, it was happening in t- pretty much every single day um, until I turned 27. And I remember I was sitting home and uh, I felt a very direct invitation by Syrian Council of Light to go and grab uh, um, a piece of paper, better a book or something to write on because it's going to be a lot of writing, and uh, find uh, a pen. I'm like, okay, this is quite precise. I was trying to find the pen and I couldn't. I was like, hmm. Mm, I'm sorry, I don't have a pen. I was trying to delay this. I was like, well, I tried my best. There's no pen in the house. So. You tried really hard, didn't you? I did. I did. Tried. I tried. I was like, it's under the couch. It's under the couch. I'm like, okay. And there it was. Anyway. I started writing, Councils of Light, they started guiding me through the process of 
connecting to writing basically a love letter to myself since the moment I was born. Oh, it's beautiful. Saying, dear Paulina you're no. so beautiful, you're so precious, and this is the very first moment of you meeting this world. Mm-hmm. There would be so many different experiences along your way. You will meet so many different beings. And please know that you are of light. And this light is home, and home is within you, within every single one. You will explore different di- dynamics. You will feel many feelings. You will experience many emotions. So many thoughts will be running through your mind. Yet know that you're always home mm-hmm. within yourself. You're always safe. You are always loved. So I was writing, kept writing and writing, and I was writing for five hours. And then I was basically writing every single memory of mine. And when I got to the moment when I was three years old, and that was a very, uh, there was a one day when I was uh, witnessing some things that truthfully, um, were quite um, harsh for a young child to experience. And as a three-year-old version of me was receiving very precise words, I remember them. There was me, 27-year-old one, sitting and writing down. And as soon as I wrote it, I realized that all these years of my life, all those messages from within, it was another version of me communicating with the young one, directing instructions into my field, downloading instructions into my field. It was a 27-year-old me communicating with the three-year-old me, saying that I'm with you, you and I are one. We cannot be apart. And I'm always within you and with you, no matter what you experience. I've walked this journey. You can trust me. You can know and surrender to the depths knowing the depths of the knowing that you are deeply held no matter what you experience along the way i realized that all the beings of light are other aspects of us they are ascended versions of us that have already mastered this human journey so much to the to the extent that they are willing to lovingly hold us and guide us. We communicate with them through intuition, through other experiences, through experiences that sometimes don't look like a blessing, but they are in the true essence of it. And this is what I want to share, that please have more empathy on yourself. Because a version of you that will be 20 years after this moment will be looking back at this time and feeling so much compassion, so much love. So always connect to the essence of you within you that is loving, compassionate, and you can hold yourself through anything because your journey is unique. My journey is unique. Gabby's journey is unique. And it's beautiful to see uniqueness. But what it eventually comes down to is to becoming sovereign, is to becoming capable emotionally, spiritually, energetically, mature, strong, magnificent, empowered to hold yourself through and through, to hold the entire universe within your heart because the universe is you. And beautiful ones, when we are receiving teachings and initiations from others, as we perceive so-called masters. When I, during my journey, I've been mentored by monks, private uh, psychic trainings, and different mystery teachings, and so on. It doesn't matter. At that time, I was perceiving that I am receiving through that being. For example, Councils of Light, they were training me for two years completely rewiring everything about me as I knew, deconditioning, deprogramming me to the extent that I no longer knew anything. The perception of me and them was very confusing and triggering, triggering aspects of density that were needed to be harmonized. Yet when we are coming to terms with all that there is and transcend dualistic perception, we also get to transcend separation between me and me. Me and you, you and you, us. 
and we get to see that it is a source light, a higher self that is speaking and bringing to our awareness, expanding our awareness, stretching our perception to the extent that we never even knew that was possible for us to experience, to embody, and to be. We are receiving teachings, guidance, assistance, support from us, from home, from source. And eventually we all are a source that is living through all of us, yet through unique vessels of light. So let's honor our uniqueness and truly enjoy individual ride of ascension. This Disneyland, this roller coaster, with all the beautiful experiences. Because we are to remember how to be fully light again, embody and enjoy this human experience and hold this human vessel with so much love and knowing that we are love itself. Here we is. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for receiving this transmission and receiving our stories in your heart and hoping that um, it assists you on your unique journey. Yay. Much love and we will connect with you in another episode. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.